After a week off, we're back with Earning the Push, and it is a great week to be back. Two world title matches, a taster of a new potential WrestleMania main event, and a tease for a confrontation between Cody Rhodes and CM Punk. It doesn't get much better than that. We're discussing it all on this week's Earning the Push. My name is Jack Murley, professional broadcaster, alongside professional rugby player Charlie Beckett. How are we, Mr. Beckett? Very well, thank you, Jack. Very well. Apologies to everyone for us missing last week. I got a little bit of a niggle, a little bit of an injury, which meant I couldn't drive for a few days, which meant I was up north with none of my recording equipment. So um, I missed this and an episode of my Championship Clubs podcast as well. So it didn't go too well. This is the thing. I never know when you get injured whether or not I'm allowed to disclose it. Because if I say I've lost my voice, I've whatever, I've broken my wrist, it doesn't impact on people. But given your sport, the fact that you were injured is sort of a bit of a trade secret. So I was like, can I say, can I not say? Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? Like, I, it, it was only affecting last week. Um, obviously, I couldn't say before the game last week. Selection stuff, but then selection's out for this week as well. So we can talk about openly. I'm not playing because I've got this slight ankle issue, but hopefully I'll be back in the coming weeks. It's nothing too major, thankfully. Well, nothing it's good. Like, nothing like Adam Cole, who let's not forget, I said it can't be anything too major. Hopefully I've not made the prediction like that. Hopefully I'm not sat here going, ah, oh, man, it's nothing too major. And it's like the worst injury of my career, like Cole's was. I didn't think of that, the fact that you were sort of saying about Adam Cole. You know, it's only an ankle. You can usually play through that, and there you are with your ankle, and you've been out for a bit. Well, look, the main thing is, you are back, we are back, so let's rock on with this. He's Charlie underscore Beckin on the socials. I'm Jack underscore Merley. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. We thank each and every person who listens to this podcast. And let's kick off with dueling world title matches. Both WWE and AEW had world title matches this week. Seth Rollins and Jinder Mahal clashed for the World Heavyweight Championship on Raw. Hook battled Samoa Joe for the AEW World Championship on Dynamite. Before we get to the matches... We'll talk about what we would have talked about on last week's show, which is Tony Khan getting punchy on Twitter. Yeah, it's one of my least favourite things in wrestling when Tony Khan decides to just put his beer down. I imagine, I, I've got to imagine he's had a drink when he does it because that gives some sort of reason for it because it's it's the, it's the tweeting of a man not quite right in the head as he's doing it. Like, I don't, I don't know why he thinks doing this. He obviously is extremely passionate about his brand and I love that. I love how much he cares and how active he is. But never, ever, ever does doing this make him come across as anything but a bit of a spoiled, entitled child, I don't think. No, it, I, I d never think it's a good look for him, or more importantly, for AEW. It's really strange, isn't it? Because you sort of, you know, I, I don't always sleep the best, so sometimes I'm seeing it happen live, and you go, oh, no, here we go again. And, it, like, we've all got that friend who you sort of think sometimes... <laughs> Maybe you'd be best not putting this on social media. Maybe you'd be best just putting the blinkers on and focusing. And Tony Khan just can't help himself for whatever reason. He cannot help himself. Yeah, and also, if it was like a one-time thing, like one thing happened and Tony Khan took to Twitter about it, you'd be like, oh, okay, it's got the better of him. Like, let's say after Brawl Out, if he took to Twitter and exposed everything that happened because it's hugely stressful and emotional thing, I'd be like, okay, that was unprofessional, maybe not the best, but I can understand how once the emotions get the better of you. We, we, None of us in our lives have ever had a situation where the emotions haven't got a better of us. It's happened to all of us at some point, I have no doubt. We've all done things we wish we hadn't when we have a more logical and calmer head on. But this is happening every other month or so. Like, it seems like you can bait Tony Khan to tweet something that makes him sound like a whingy little child very, very easily. Like, I'm not going to lie, I'd back myself to do it if I needed to. I reckon I could get a rise out of Tony Khan if he's got no idea who I am. What would you say to get a rise out of Tony Khan? 
I think I'd be like, oh, Tony, you really need some help booking. Maybe look at bringing someone who knows something about wrestling. He'd be like, oh, I actually know a lot about wrestling. I've got a multi-million dollar business. And it's like, Tony, I'm a nobody. It doesn't matter. This is the thing. But then I sort of think, well, look, are we hypocrites? Because in the Monday Night War, which neither of you were really wrestling fans for, but we know the history of it. Sorry, Eric- neither of you. Who, who else is, Who else am I here with? Well, I meant you and me. Neither you nor I. <laughs> you know about my alter ego, do you, somewhere in the yeah. room? Yeah, there's, there's Charlie Beckett, and then there's the Stardust version of Charlie Beckett. <laughs> Jesus, no one wants to think about what that. <laughs> I'm glad we haven't got fans who do, like, you know some people have fans who do fan art and fan fiction. I'm glad we don't have those fans, because that would not be one I'd want to see. Stardust me. I tell you what, for next week, I'll get AI to do a Stardust Charlie Beckett. <laughs> Please, no. But my point I'm making is that in those Monday Night Wars, that neither me or you or other you were around for. Bischoff was giving away the results all the time. They were slagging each other off in each other's shows. I'm sure that if Twitter existed at the time of the Monday Night Wars or ECW, that they would have been doing that. So are we sort of a bit hypocritical, saying, oh, Tony Khan, we don't like the drama, when all wrestling fans love the drama? I want to say yes. The only thing that stops it is, I think, like the Monday Night Wars were proper wars. They were proper competition. I don't actively believe that AEW is competition with WWE. I think they are very much the second company, which is brilliant. We have them. And I don't I don't for a second think that it's mutually exclusive that WWE has got better since the rise of AEW. I do think that has happened. But they're not going head-to-head on Mondays. And they're not going head-to-head in the ratings or the revenue or the ticket sales or anything, really. AEW cannot compete with WWE on any level at the moment, apart from potentially, if you argue, the story's better or the wrestling's better. But on the data and the numbers and the financial side, they are not in competition with WWE. So I think that thing, I think that makes it very different. I think I think, you know, you've you've hit the nail on the head. That may be why it feels different. That the fact this isn't two equals slugging at each other. It feels like Tony Khan's trying to get some attention or portray himself as an equal. Regardless, he's done it. He'll do it again in the future. We'll talk about it, I'm sure, unless something changes. Let's get to those title matches. Um let's start with Raw. Jinder Mahal suddenly finds himself in the main event against Seth Rollins, probably due to Tony Khan and his sort of rantings and it probably has helped Jinder it's massively helped Jinder and I can only for a second think that there was genuine conversations because of Tony Khan WWE being like do we put the title on Jinder and by the way thank god that didn't happen and I don't understand the fans out there who were calling for it do you remember 2017 do you remember how you felt or 2016, whatever it was, when he won at Backlash? Do you remember that? Because that, I will tell you now, was terrible. Not only there did... are no two words for it. That was terrible. And it went on, that title and reign. And on. It... And on. Did it, was it? And on. Was it in the UK? Was it a, a SmackDown in? Yeah, AJ Styles beat yeah. him. And it's one of the biggest pops you've ever heard. So just for a sec, like, Jinder's a very, I think Jinder is a good heel. He's a good mid-card heel, and you can get a good pop of a boo out of him. I don't want to see him anywhere near the world title ever, ever again, and I just need people to remember what it was like when he was champ. It was terrible. Maybe that was Tony Khan's plan. Maybe he thought, if I if I do this enough, WWE might just be bonkers enough to, to put Jinder Mahal in the world title scene again. I think Jinder is, as you say, no one, I think, is clamouring for, for Mahal Mark II title reign. But him and Seth had a good match, and it gave Seth something to do. And it was nice to see the world title defended again on Raw. And there's been a good run of good world title matches. 
Yeah, I've got absolutely no problem with Seth the face going against Jinder Mahal the heel for the world title. That, that's cool with me. I just didn't need to at any point think that Jinder Mahal would be the man to end that title reign. That was not something I needed. But yeah, it was good to keep Seth taking over. It's a weird time, isn't it? It's just leading into the Rumble because we're all now just waiting for the Rumble to kind of set the table for WrestleMania. We'll know what's on the menu a little bit more then. So um, it is a weird time. So to keep him ticking over with this rogue little Jinder Mahal um, uh, feud isn't a bad thing at all. I would put Jinder in the Rumble and I'd have a little tease. I'd have a little tease. Just a moment where you have it seem like Jinder might win the Rumble. I don't know. Um, The unfortunate thing coming out of it, and we don't know because we only know what we read and what we read isn't always accurate. It does seem that Seth Rollins picked up an injury in that match. Um, You read that Randy Orton is replacing Seth Rollins on some of the house shows. Man, that would be bad luck for WWE's WrestleMania plans if Seth Rollins' leg injury is anything significant or serious. You'd hope by Mania he's out the other end of it. You'd hope before that, but that would be bad luck. Yeah, you've got to hope that's something too serious. If it's something that is uh, six to eight weeks, that sort of thing, you can keep him on telly, keep him talking, keep him relevant without having to have him wrestle and you get him to the Rumble. If it, Sorry, get him to Mania. Obviously, you don't need him in the Rumble. You don't need a world title match at the Rumble. If it's something that's going to keep him out of WrestleMania, then that is an absolute nightmare with what they are, what they seem to be planning heading into Mania. So I don't know. They've probably got the results of what's happening by now, like with the with the um, medical staff they have, etc. But while they were waiting, they would have been waiting with bated breath. I feel like we're recording on Friday. That happened on Monday. I feel like if it was something hideous like straight away we would have heard by now so it might and again refer back to Adam Cole me in predicting injuries doesn't always go well but I feel like if it was something that's going to keep him out in the long run like four six months we would have heard by now so hopefully it's only a minor injury and we'll be back in the not too distant future I'm curious what would be and we hope it isn't but what would be your break glass in case of emergency? If all things spin round and we get a statement coming out saying, sadly, Seth Rollins has got to relinquish the title and, and blah, blah, blah. And we, we to be very, very clear, we hope that is not the case. But things happen. Who do you go to to slot into that role? Winner of the Royal Rumble becomes world champion. Do you think so? And you Well, in a break glass emergency, put the title on the Rumble. So you win the Rumble, you win the world title. And then you go to the main event WrestleMania because you're the world champion, I think. Like, if you need a break glass emergency, there's an easy way to put more stakes on the Rumble and you can still get the winner you want who you still want to be in the main event of WrestleMania. That I would do that rather than just stick it on someone. Or I think right now to have a tournament, etc., would feel weird in the build to Mania. So I would just have it. Because also they'll want... Whoever wins the Rumble, they want to have the tease of all who they're going to face. But if you have the winner be that champ, then you can build two feuds out of it. So if it comes out that Seth is out of um, out of Mania, you either, if you can get one more match out of him, you have him drop the title to someone before the Rumble, or you just say that the, the title's on the line at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I think I'd be knocking on Drew McIntyre's door, you know. If, I got, if, I, if it all came back, I, I think you could put Drew in Seth's role and still get to... I think a Punk Drew main event would be as good in those circumstances as Punk versus Rollins if you had to. I'd be tempted to have Punk win the Rumble and win it. Yeah. Options. I, I think, I think that, that that's one as well. Punk going into Mania with that title would be interesting, but hopefully we don't have to get to that. Yeah, I agree. Well, that was one world title match. The other was on Dynamite, and it was a little bit of Dynamite. Samoa Joe versus Hook became a main event from nowhere, and I loved it. My favourite bit of wrestling of the week, not just because how I feel about Hook, which is, I think, well-known and well-documented. Take that aside. It was everything it needed to be. It felt big time, and what a way for Samoa Joe to have his first title defence. Everyone came out of that as winners. 
yeah, 10 minutes of just beautiful wrestling, just brilliant, just excellent wrestling. And it shows you don't need to do 25, 30-minute classics to have a match that people really enjoy. You can pack the action into 10 minutes. And it was brutal. It was barbaric. Everyone comes out of it looking stronger. Hook looks stronger for the fight he put up against Joe. Joe looks stronger for the way he ended up dominating a good challenger. It was brutal, barbaric. That that table spot on the commentary table looked awful, but brilliant all at the same time. I thought it was absolutely excellent. And the sort of matches I want to see in AEW World has, I don't need everyone to be a 60-minute draw. I don't need that. They're, they have they are their time and place. But there is a time for just 10 minutes of hell for leather, two great athletes going at it, and that's what this was. And it's Styles makes fight. You will have played, I'm sure, with scrappy little scrum halves and fly halves who are obviously a bit bigger than Hook, but but size-wise will be nowhere near Samoa Joe. And on paper you go, yeah, well, it's, it's not credible. They're, they can put... And then they go in there and... Hook was wailing away on Joe. It was fantastic. And I thought, Hook, Hook's still got something, hasn't he? He's still got that mystique where people want to watch. Yeah, there's absolutely still some sort of aura around him, I think. It definitely eased off with um, just, we haven't seen him as much, have we? Mm. He's not been on telly as much, but I think this is quite a good launch pad to relaunch him. And there's no reason he can't be a big player in AEW for years to come. And I sh- I'm sure at some point we'll see him with the world title. It was never going to be now. But I-, I think hopefully we see more of Hook on our TV screens moving forward and give him some actual proper story to get his teeth in. That's one thing we've never really seen too much is big storyline with Hook and him in long feuds. like Because he's normally just been beating people up and winning and moving on to the next. So it'd be interesting to see where they go with him. But it's a great way to bring him back into the mainstream attention. And the thing I thought the most, and I only thought it afterwards, in fact, I only thought it this morning was... I'm not missing MJF at all. That's how good a job Samoa Joe has done, that he took the belt off MJF. MJF has been gone for a couple of weeks, and you're looking at AEW's programming, and you're going, there isn't a huge MJF-shaped hole hole in this show. No, I entirely agree with that. I think it's just credit to what a great professional wrestler Joe is. And I use professional wrestler because it's not just the wrestling he does in the ring, it's the way he carries himself, the way he speaks, his promos everything about Joe. He has carried himself like a champion for the last 15 years. And yes, he's been Ring of Honor champion. He's been NXT champion. I will never understand how he didn't get the WWE title while he was in WWE because he was in that main event scene. But he's always carried himself like a world champion. Now he's at one of the major companies as their world champion, absolute top of the pyramid. And because of the way he's carried himself for so long, we're always like, yeah, this makes sense. And we're, we've just come off the back of the, the, in my opinion, the greatest AEW World Championship reign ever. And as you say, at the moment, we're not missing that because Joe has just picked up the belt and gone, yeah, well, this is mine now. And and who who is brave enough or stupid enough or good enough to come and try and take this off me? You wonder if Triple H being in charge of creative now, if he's looking across at Samoa Joe and thinking, I don't know when his contract finishes, I don't know what he wants to do, but I think I could get one good run out of Samoa Joe in WWE. You could whack Samoa Joe on Raw and it enhances an already stacked roster. Yeah, I think it's very feasible. Joe, if he was ever to come back, goes straight into the main event scene. And it's not a problem. He comes back with even more credibility than he left. Now you have him as a former NXT champion. And I wonder now if WWE got a AEW world champion to come over to them, which at some point they will. At some point, someone who has held that belt, well, CM Punk is one of them, obviously, but someone who maybe has less history of WWE to look back on comes over. If they would just acknowledge the fact they are a former AEW world champion and would name drop AEW because they've, you've seen the last few years do it with TNA, do it with Ring of Honor. They always make a big thing when they're former NXT champions, obviously. I wonder, let's say they got Joe back. 
I wonder if they'd be like, and here is former AEW world champion Samoa Joe, bang. Well, they tend to do it with companies that they don't see as a threat. And if WWE is, you know, the 400-pound gorilla in the room and sees itself as such and is swatting away at AEW, what a way to make AEW feel lesser than but to go, yeah, you know, you're developmental. You, you, we don't care. We, we're, we're quite content with what we're doing. You can see it happening. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Punk and uh, Cody Rhodes having a face-off on Raw next week. Um, some former WWE names turning up in other places and a potential name change that's going to make Charlie very happy. But before we do that, we got our first proper tease for what Rhea Ripley will be doing at WrestleMania. And it looks like a clash between Mummy. And the man, Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley facing off on Raw. And oh, yes, please give me give me all of that. Yeah, I, I was thinking about this. I don't think there's a bigger match you can give us right now in that women's division. Honestly, I don't I don't think there is. I, I think that when all is said and done, I think that Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair will be each other's Trish and Lita. I think those two will be around in the main event scene for a long, long time and having great matches. But right now, Becky Lynch, Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania... That could very easily main event on the nights if you wanted it to. Like it's uh, two of your biggest stars, global superstars. They bring in the merch, they bring in the money, they bring in the viewers. They're brilliant in the ring. The promos will be excellent. I just think, yeah, this makes sense. And I like that Becky Lynch being like, I want to win the Rumble because I want to face you. And everybody's like, yeah, I want you to win the Rumble because I want to face you. I like when they're like, yeah, we both want this. And I think now that's out in the ether is the sort of thing you can't really take back. I'd be surprised if that isn't the whether whether we get it because Becky wins the rumble or whether we get it through other circumstances. I think the women's world title match will be Rhea Ripley Becky Lynch. I completely agree. And and you've got two people who it doesn't happen as much as you'd think it would in wrestling, where where two people who acknowledge each other as their equals actually say they want to face each other. The traditional route is to have Rhea Ripley beg off, back down, you know, oh, maybe I'm not as good as I thought, or I've never faced Becky, and for Becky to be confident. And actually, Becky's saying, I don't know if I'm better than you, but I need to find out. And Rhea's saying, yeah, I think you do need to find out. Bring it on. That's such a subtle but interesting twist on what we usually get. Yeah, I, I really like they're doing that. Like, they're both acknowledging how good the other is, and they want to find out who's best. I, I really, really like that. I, th I think the thing is as well, if we look at the, the WrestleMania scene now, let's say they go common sense. They go Punk Rollins and they go uh, Rhodes against Roman. Now you've got Rhea versus Becky Lynch. Those are three, not just men and women's division matches. Those are three legit main events, regardless of gender. Hell of a time trying to structure this card and say what goes on last, because... I can see a way where you make the argument we were saying before, there's no story in the women's division that merits a main event this year. Well, if they do Rhea versus uh, Becky Wright, you can see it overtaking Punk versus Rollins. Yeah, you can very much see this being, as you say, a story. And no, no one doubts that the match is main event caliber. But you could very easily see them making a story out of this that becomes main event caliber as well. So I think you're right. It'd be very interesting to see what they choose as their two main events, how they structure the card. That will be their biggest challenge this year, I think, is getting the card structure right so that everyone feels respected and that the crowd don't burn out. But then you think about last year, like there were so many great matches on the card. The one I enjoyed most was that rogue four-way tag team match out of nowhere. That was, my, that was the most fun I had on watching WrestleMania last year. So as much as they put thought into the structure and how they think it will go, all it takes is 
two men or two women to go out there and be like, ah, we're going to give you something you weren't expecting here and just steal the show. So it's one of those where I think you do have to think about it, but you kind of just have to cross your fingers and hope it comes across okay because wrestlers can take it into their own hands. They can decide that they're going to make a, a match we're talking about years later just because they want to go out and give their best. Well, you can absolutely see, and, and if it were me, I wouldn't put Rhea and Becky on last because I think Punk is is your, your biggest needle mover. He's your biggest star. He's whatever. He has to be the main event, not just because, oh, Punk needs a main event, but I think he legitimately deserves it. You can see Rhea and Becky going, right, we're going to go out and what we're going to do is we're going to give you Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker, which didn't go on last, or Rock versus Hogan, which didn't go on last, or, you know, Dom versus Ray, which was my favourite WrestleMania match, or you could have that triple threat from last year. Maybe the card structure doesn't matter as much anymore. Yeah, people can just decide they're going to steal the show and go and do it. And I say people, the right people, not any wrestlers. You and I couldn't go and just steal the show if we wanted to. Yes, we right could. Wrestlers. I mean, we could, but we'd have the story to steal the show. That's what we'd have. Um, so, yeah, it is very, very interesting and will be to see how this card builds and what goes where. Because if we get the match we're expecting to, and then there's so many great wrestlers who we still don't know where they're going to land. And I just... Where Brock Lesnar lands, I think, is the most interesting one for me at the moment. And everyone who listens to this knows where I want him to land. I want Lesnar Gunther for the IC title. But where he lands will be fascinating. I think that will then shape a lot of the card as well. I've got some other thoughts on that that we will get onto later. Um, here's something interesting. WWE, last show, uh, last Raw before the Rumble is this coming Monday, and WWE deciding they're going to pull the trigger on Cody versus Punk in a confrontation. Now, those two men have not crossed in the AEW universe, and they've not crossed in the WWE universe yet. They're going to go face-to-face on Raw. That is going to be very, very special if both men are firing on all cylinders. Yeah, that's going to be one to make sure you clear your diaries to have a watch because that is two of the biggest stars in wrestling of the last however many years, both at some of their most popular, some of their hottest, going toe-to-toe. You presume on the mic, whether it gets physical, who knows, but it's going to be fascinating, I think. I'm, I imagine it'll both be talking about why they need to win the Rumble and then it'll get confrontation from there, but I think that's going to be a very, very, very interesting segment to watch i wonder why now like i get like if you want to sell the rumble as huge that's that's what you do but they didn't need to do this these two men could have existed in their separate orbits um you know we did have that thing backstage on smackdown i think didn't we that one time where they said you need to finish your story that's interesting to me well whatever it is so they have met once before but it just seems like wwe is so confident in their fan base and and their superstars at the moment that they feel they can give that and it, it just it feels like Rock Austin to me. That's the only way I can describe it. Punk and Cody getting together in the same ring feels like Rock Austin equivalent. Yeah, they're both that big, aren't they? I think the fact we haven't seen them in the ring together ever, ever, makes it even more fascinating. And this year's Rumble. I can't think of a more studded Rumble. Um, you've got, we're talking about the men's Rumble. Cody, Punk, Nakamura, Drew, Gunther, you've got at least five easy winners there you could make a case for, the storyline being right. Biggest rumble in a decade? Off the top of my head, yes, because I can't remember a time when there are this many people who could win who make sense to win. Um, So yes, for me, biggest rumble I can remember for a long, long time. Okay, we've done a lot of the sensible stuff. Let's get to something that is just for you. On SmackDown... A scene in a bar between Tyler Bate and Butch. I think it was a coffee shop. 
and they're talking to each other. And then suddenly they say to Butch, you need to decide who you are. And the camera zooms in and then it cuts to black. Are we getting Pete Dunn back? My boy is coming back. Yes, finally, this stupid, silly name is gone. Give me Peter Dunn. Give me that man and him and Tyler Bay as a tag team. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And get William Regal to manage them. Do you know what I think has happened? I think Triple H has just has just gone through all of creative and gone black and gold, getting rid right, we're going to go back to normal on NXT, right, what else didn't I like, right, yet yeah, Pete Dunne being Butch, nope, we're getting rid of that, right. If Gunter hadn't taken off on this title reign being so big, I'm going to see him being switched back to Walter as well. Hunter's just loving it. Yeah, and I will say, I still, I absolutely am fine with him being called Gunther. Like, Gunther's not a stupid name like Butch's. Gunther is a perfectly fine name. I will just never, ever, ever understand why he had to change his name. I don't understand why it couldn't have been Walter having this run, which is the same name he had in this historic NXT UK title run. But anyway, I'm all fine with Gunther. That's his name. That's the name he'll have when he's world champion. That's the name that will always be associated with this iconic intercontinental title run. That is fine. I've never been fine with Butch. I think it's stupid. I think it's silly. I don't understand it. And I'm so glad Tyler Bates back to save us all. Can I pitch an alternative scenario which may no. which may just uh, unwed you from your want for Gunther versus Brock Lesnar? What if I were to give you at WrestleMania Brock versus Drew for the second time in front of a crowd because they didn't have a crowd at their last WrestleMania and Pete Dunne versus Gunther for the Intercontinental title and that Pete Dunne at WrestleMania is the man to end Gunther's intercontinental title reign would that tempt you away from brock gunther it, it's it's massively tempting because anyone who hasn't gone and watched pete dunn versus walter in nxt oh god go and watch it they're so 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 good but i you can't get me off gunther lesnar here i just think it's a matter i think the timing is right i think it's just i can't quite fathom what will happen if those two men get in the ring together to have a fight i can't my mind can't mold around it at the moment and Brock needs to be doing something at WrestleMania. He, he, oh, yeah, and anyone, anyone who thinks Brock is not coming back for WrestleMania doesn't understand the draw that Brock Lesnar is for WWE and how much they pay him. Brock Lesnar will be on their biggest show. I have no doubt about that. We've gone quiet on The Rock, though. This is the other interesting thing since we've been away. The Rock has not been speculated about that much. Now, what you read online is that neither Roman or The Rock are going to be at Elimination Chamber. So- That's bonkers, by the way. I find it absolutely mental that their biggest star currently is not going to Australia, that Roman will not be there. That is wild, in my opinion. Yeah, but in this universe they've created, yeah, okay, he's he, he, is he their biggest star? Or if you're going to that show and Punk's there, do you feel just as like, okay, you don't get Austin, but you get Rock, you know? Like, you, you can't feel shortchanged. No, I'm not saying they feel shortchanged, but it just... When they announced this, I think I said on this show, I think there is no way Roman isn't working that event. And the fact, like you say, there's a world where he's not working it and no one will leave feeling angry they didn't see him is just ridiculous. But it's a fair point. I take that. But also the main thing is if he's not there, it gets rid of what a lot of people are speculating, which is, OK, if we're doing Rock versus Roman, maybe we'll do that elimination chamber. It seems like the fact he's not going to be at chamber makes it more likely we get Rock versus Roman at Mania or way down the line at SummerSlam, but it seems like Chambers out the window. 
Yeah, I definitely am now subscribing to the thought of if we get Rock Roman, which after what he said, I think we have to. I don't think you can put, like I said earlier, you can't put that in the ether and not deliver it. It only happens at WrestleMania now. Uh, for me, it only can happen there. Here's one. Can The Rock win the Rumble? Can they pull the mother of all surprises and have The Rock win the Rumble? They could. I don't think they need to, and I don't think it would go down well. No. I sort of agree, but I can also see a world where it happens and it's so exciting that we, we give them the benefit of the doubt. I just, I don't know. I, there's so much about WWE we don't know at the moment. Yeah, it's mysterious in all the best ways and it's just very, very, so like I wake up on a Tuesday and a Saturday morning now and go straight on WWE.com like, I don't know what I'm going to read here. Like, I have no trust that it's just going to be a run-the-mill Raw or SmackDown. No, and given how boring Raw was for such a long time, such a long time. Um, let's talk about TNA Wrestling. We don't do that that often on this podcast, but they had uh, their Hard to Kill event. They packed about 1,500 into an arena, which is their biggest crowd for some time. And the former Dolph Ziggler, now known as Nick Nemeth, has pitched up in TNA after appearing in New Japan. Good signing for uh, TNA. Good person to build this resurgence around. Yeah, massively. He brings a huge load of credibility with him because of what he's done in WWE. Straight away, you turn on TNA, you see Nick Nimeth, Dolph Ziggler. Oh, I recognise him. He's a big name. This must be this must be a good wrestling company. Someone I recognise is here, and he's never ever been anything but sensational in the ring. He will give you great matches. I would very quickly have the world title on him. To be honest, if I was TNA, I would get him at the top of their card and build the next twelve months around him. Yeah, and it, it's great for TNA that they've been doing this. In the background, they have sort of been rebranding, pushing themselves back together. It's, I think it's a miracle they made it through the pandemic. I really do. And it's another good place for people to go and work. So fair play to TNA for carrying on going. Yep, can't have more respect. We've tried. It would have been very easy for them just to stop what they were doing because AEW kind of filled the void they had of, if you aren't working WWE, this is where you go. Like that's why mid-2000s TNA was so sensational because anyone who wasn't working WWE was in TNA and there was a lot of good people who worked in WWE at that time. So I, I'm I'm a big fan. I've got a soft spot for TNA because of their mid-2000s. That was a, I was a big fan of that. And I think a good TNA is good for the wrestling industry. Like The more good places we have for wrestlers to go and work, for commentators to go and work, for anyone who works in wrestling to go and work the better the industry is, in my opinion. I completely agree. Look, well, that's uh, the wrestling world. Let's do everyone's favourite part of the podcast. We're going to send something from everyday life back to developmental and something we're going to give the push to. What do you want to do, first or second? I'll go first this week because mine are connected, my two. Go for it. Earning the push are two former teammates and not former friends, friends of mine. They are not, I almost said former. They are still friends of mine. I'll speak to them both today. Uh, Louis Reese Zamet and Harry Mounder, mm. who have both decided that rugby for them for the moment, is done. And they're off to go and try and make it in the NFL, which is just phenomenal and unbelievable. They're joining the NFL International Player Pathway, where basically players from other sports are recruited and have the chance to go and make it as a free agent and get signed. Um, I've known both of them for a number of years, Harry a little bit longer, mainly just because he's younger than Louis, so I've had the chance to know him longer. The whole time I've known them, we've all spoken about NFL a lot. They're huge fans. They both spoke quite flippantly about the fact they'd like to play if they've got the chance. The chance obviously come across both their desks and they both grasp it with both hands and couldn't be happier or more excited or more jealous of both of them. So yeah. a big earn the push to Louis and Mal. Free tickets, Charlie. Free if tickets. If you think I haven't already had that conversation, then you are 
you are mistaken. I said to both of them, I said, I will be that uh, that pain in your backside asking for tickets when uh, when the time is right. Now, because you said yours are connected, forgive me if I'm stepping on your toes here, but one thing I do want to say is if you're one of those eejits on social media who has seen these two young lads pursue their dream and has gone, oh, you're abandoning the game. Is yeah. that... Here we go. Go for it. So first of all, bad developmental, quickly, the Dallas Cowboys, because they just crashed out of the playoffs after looking like we might win the Super Bowl. So that was really tough for me to take this week. It's been a tough time to be... I thought I'd leave the NFL behind for a little bit, and then two of my mates decided to go and play in it, and I've been having interviews about it on BBC, and I'm like, ugh, I was trying not to talk about this this week. Uh, but more importantly, my bad developmental is just anyone who their first thought when someone does something is to criticise it. Like, why? I don't get the buzz for that. And it comes in all forms of life. It, it has become prevalent this week because so many people on social media have been like, well, they won't make it. They're idiots. Abandon, like, what they're doing. Silly. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Two young men have got the chance to follow their dream and potentially have an, um, make an um, even more unbelievable life for themselves than they already have. Um, and also, if you don't think they're taking massive risks doing that, this is, they both have successful rugby careers. Like, they are making a huge risk doing this. And all you want to do is sit on your laptop and criticise them. And just in anything, like I don't understand why people's first thing is to be a downer or criticise people. I don't I don't get it. I don't understand it. And I think if that is your first response, then just take a step back and work out why, because it's not a fun way to be. Like being positive is more fun. And I know you can't be all the time, but just try it. Here is who is allowed to have that opinion. The two lads, the two lads partners, if they have them, the two lads, dependents and family members, and maybe their closest mates. That's probably That's it. about 10 people for each of them. Yeah, who, who, I'd agree. Who, You're allowed to, like, Zam's, Zam and Mal's better half, you're allowed to be like, um, we have a mortgage, and neither of them have kids, but if you have, we have a mortgage and kids, and, and we have a good income, and I don't think we should take this risk, but Joe blog 747xy 3 who has an egg as his profile picture on Twitter, isn't allowed that opinion. No, can you imagine if they if that person went to work? Oh, how are you, mate? Oh, I'm really down. You know, I've just seen two guys I don't know in a sport I don't play are going to America. Oh, it's been really tough. What the- Ruined my week. Just get on with it. Get on with your lives. I'm completely with you, and I wish them the best of luck because, frankly, it's much better to try and succeed. And even if you try and fail, at least you tried. At least you know. So good on them. Good luck to them. There is a piece of writing by. Theodore Roosevelt called The Man in the Arena and it's on my absolute favourite bits. It's basically about how even if you fail, the glory stands with The Man in the Arena because at least you're there trying and I think it's so true and on a side note, if any of the NFL teams are out there and want a an offensive lineman who's never played the sport but thinks that's where he'd fit in and would be really good for morale around the changing rooms, I know a guy. Yeah, and if you need a cheerleader, I guess I can come and... <laughs> No, you'll be my agent. You can be my agent for NFL. I'll get a new agent that can be you. I'll Jerry Maguire your way up the NFL. Well, yeah, good luck to them. And I agree with everything you've said. Uh, I'm going to do two quick ones. Earning the push for me. I've banged on about it on social media all this week. If you have not watched Channel 4's show, Big Boys, watch it. It is brilliant. It is funny. It is sad. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. It is just... What's it about, Jax? I've seen you tweet about it a lot. I meant to ask you. I thought I, I thought this would be your earn the push. I thought yeah. I'd wait to ask you till we are on air because... I, I've seen you rave about it and you're normally very good with recommendations, so I'm going to give it a go. But what's it about? It's like a coming-of-age university story of um, two lads who are from different walks of life who are thrown together in um, a university block. And that that is sort of all you need to know. 
Um, one has recently lost his father. Um, and, and it's very, very funny. It's very uh, sort of pop culture references. But then there are points it takes turns and it gets very serious about mental health and things like that in a really respectful way. And it is one of those little gems where you watch it and you just want everyone to watch it. So it will it will it had me hysterically laughing and then it took a turn. You just go and but not in, you know, sometimes people make a turn and you go, oh, you've just done that to pull the heartstring. It's so it's genuine. It's really, really good. So I'm, I'm gonna. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it. It's on the list. That has made the list. Excellent. <laughs> My back to developmental, and I'm not criticising these people, but learner drivers in supermarket car parks. So you need to be very careful here because we were all learner drivers once. We were, and I arguably still should be because I'm not a very good driver. However. When you go to a supermarket and there are five or six learner drivers circling you like piranhas in their in their three door hatchbacks, I, I can see how that would be frustrating. <laughs> You're sort of like it's absolutely riddled this car park. There's I n- just want to get my vegetarian quiche and go home. That's exactly that's what. I, that's what I think you put in your shopping cart: vegetarian quiche and tea bags. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Throwing the Guardian, and you're about right. That's <laughs> pretty much all it is. But the, and everyone has to learn to drive. I'm not begrudging them it, but I've never hit it at a time where I've had six before, all trying to do various manoeuvres. And so, did you pass first time? By the way, I've never asked you. I did pass first time, but I didn't. Until I was 19. I, I didn't get it done as soon as I should have. But I, I can I can um, sympathise with you because my when I go home to my dad's house. The road he lives on is quite a wide road, so the learner drivers, like the the instructors, use it a lot, and that's fine. But I remember coming back out the drive one day and going drive, and it took me. It should take me thirty seconds to get to the bottom of my road. It took me five minutes because there were three learner drivers doing parallel parks or reverse bays or three point turns, and I just. It, and again, we've all been learner drivers, and I was like, I was like. Three of you at once is taking the Mickey a little bit here. Yeah. Did, did you pass first time? I think you know the answer to that is no. How, how many times? Uh, I passed the second time, um, but I passed. So I, I failed so phenomenally badly the first time. I really think I took three. Go, go on, because I, I I reckon I've got a friend who I used to go to school with. I bet her her story can top you. I bet. But go on, oh, what happened with yours? No, mine was It was just I instantly did a lot of things. I didn't crash it. I didn't make them. I didn't have to walk back. It wasn't that bad. But you know, like you go in, in the first two minutes, you do a major, and you're like, well, that's me done. And then you're sitting with a stranger, basically driving them round very slowly, knowing that there's no point. That was sort of so. It wasn't. It wasn't a banner experience. Uh, a girl I knew at school, she did so badly during her test that the instructor said, "Oh, could you just pull up here on the left for me, please, or you find a safe spot?" And she obviously thought that was part of the test because they do that in the pool, don't they? And he took out his. He said, "Turn the car off." He took out his phone. He rang her instructor and got her, him to come and pick her up and said, you should not have put this young lady forward for her test. She is not ready. I did not feel safe in the car. So I said, I said, what did you do? And she said, well, I did run two red lights and go straight through a zebra crossing. And I was like, well, that'll do you. That'll that'll get you. <laughs> running two red lights. Running one wow. is unbelievable. I, I also had a mate who thought he was in national speed limit and it was 30 miles an hour. So he was doing 60 miles an hour on his test. He was doing double the speed limit. Did he see the, the old dual control suddenly beginning to tap on the other side? Yeah, he, he said, I realised I'd failed as soon as the guy said, what speed limit is it here? He went, oh, I don't think it's <laughs> national, is it now? <laughs> Just going to help you with that. Well, look, um, it's been a busy week in wrestling. Before we go, look, it is a confrontation we will be talking about next week. 
But is it going to be CM Punk or is it going to be Cody Rhodes that gets the better of that verbal confrontation on Raw? Or does it matter? That's a really good question. I... I don't know if we'll be saying either got the better. I think both. I think what it will build to is we will be looking forward to their showdown in the Rumble. I think coming out of this, we'll be like, okay, we are getting probably Cody and Punk as the last two in the Rumble. And you know what I'd quite like to see at the Rumble? Um, Like at the 2007 Rumble where uh, Taker and Sean went, well, we're going to give you a 10-minute match at the end of the Rumble. Like Normally it's 30 seconds. We're just going to give you a one-on-one 10-minute. I'd quite like if we got that with Cody and Punk at the room, like, get them down to the last two, then give me six, seven minutes of those two just wrestling. Yeah. And you know that Tony Khan will be tweeting about it, thinking, I had those two on my roster. I mean, that is another story for another day. You could you could call it the Royal Fumble from Tony. Ah, if you don't use that as our social media clip this week, I am going to be livid. I think you know I will be, and I think we can't... Yeah. We... we <laughs> We can't top that, so let's wrap this up. Uh, for Charlie underscore Becky on the socials, for Jack underscore Merley on my socials, thank you for listening to Earning the Push. We'll see you next week when we'll do it all again. Until then, enjoy your wrestling week and bye-bye. Bye.